and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off. I'm Katie. I'm Pat. And we are Pre-PA Clinic. We hope you love today's episode. Today we have the privilege of having a current didactic student with us. Dakota is a didactic student. He's going to school in Tennessee and he is in the midst of the hardest part of PA school which is to sit your butt in the seat and learn and so he is here to give you some information, some tips, some tricks, advice and just tell you a little bit about what it's really like to be a PA. So welcome Dakota. Thank you for having me. Oh we are so so blessed that you are with us today. We have so many requests for interviewing students, current students, because they want to hear all about you and your success. So first off, just give us a little bit of background about yourself. Why did you decide to become a PA, and how did your journey look like? Like you said, I was going, I'm going to school in Tennessee. I've lived in Tennessee my whole life, and college in Tennessee, high school in Tennessee, and everything like that. So in undergrad, I majored in um, cellular and molecular biology, which is a pretty common thing for PA students to major in some sort of science. It just makes it easy to get all your prereqs for PA school. And then when I graduated from there, I actually got a job in orthopedic sales for surgical implants. Nice. And did that for a while and kind of through that job and seeing seeing like the PAs that I worked with and, and what they did on a day-to-day basis kind of fell in love with the profession. I had some medical background with my patient care experience and that kind of thing, obviously, but I really fell more in love with the PA profession through that, which was kind of strange because I was planning on doing that for a career long term. And so I applied to PA school about a year after I started that job and got in. Here First we are second. today. Yeah, first try. Very cool. Luckily. Awesome. How many programs did you apply to? Actually, I only applied to the one program that I'm in now because when I decided, I was kind of back and forth on if I wanted to go or not. And then when I decided finally that I wanted to take the leap and like actually apply, it was kind of too late. So (laughs) all of the programs that I wanted to apply to initially, their application cycle had closed. And South College, where I go now, is on a rolling admission, so their application is pretty much open year-round. And they had, like, I think one or two more interviews left to do by the time I decided to apply. So I applied, I want to say maybe, like, the very end of March, or very beginning of March, and I got a call, like, three days later for an interview because they were about to be done. So I just got lucky that they were still doing interviews. But I only applied to that one program because I was late to the application. Listen, you only had to wait three days. That's pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> waiting is the hardest part, we yeah. tell everybody. Yeah. So just waiting for an interview, waiting for a file review, waiting to be told yes. You mm-hmm. know, that's the hardest part. Yeah, a lot of my classmates, when I tell them that I only applied to this one program, they're like, what? I applied to like 15 schools. And I'm like, <laughs> I would have done the same if I could have. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't have to spend all the money. Yeah. What was the strongest part of your application and the weakest part of your application? I would say the strongest part of my application was probably um, I had a lot of hands-on patient care experience. I was a phlebotomist in the ER all throughout college, so for four years. And I think when I, you know, I worked full-time while I was in uh, in undergrad. And so when I calculated up all the hours while I was putting it into CASPA, it was like, a little over like 6,000 hours of hands-on patient care yeah, experience. excellent. So that was really like my strongest part. My weakest part it was definitely like my academics or my volunteer hours. I'm not exactly sure which one matters more, but my academics weren't like outstanding. I did well, but I know there were a lot of people coming into PA school that had like 4.0s and that kind of thing. And I think I had like a 3.8, so it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like super 4.0 perfect. I, you know, I had, I had a C on my... On my transcript, I had a bunch of B's in chemistry because I'm bad at chemistry. 
Which they suck. Yeah, chemistry. <laughs> I had a I had a focus in chemistry in my undergrad degree too, so I don't know why I decided to torture myself. <laughs> I had every chemistry class except for biochemistry. I made B's and I made A's in both of my biochemistry classes, but it was I think it was just because it was mostly biology. So. What was your C in? Statistics. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. It was, there. It was on, like four times. Yeah, it was an online class because everybody at our under at my undergrad university told me that, you know, the stats professor there was like terrible. Like she was just like super hard, like impossible to get an A in that class and that kind of thing. And so I was like, oh, I'll take it online. It'll be easy to get an A. No. <laughs> because there's only two grades in the whole class and it was the final and the midterm. And so all the homework was like at home and you could like use your resources and that kind of thing. But the exams, the final and the midterm were proctored like in person. So you had to go take them. And I didn't learn anything because I was using resources for the homework and resources. And, uh, <laughs> and I didn't learn anything. And so I, I went to take the exams and I think I made like 69s on both exams. And the final and midterm carried me up to like a 75 in the class. I got the C and I was like, that's fine. I'm not yeah. going to do anything with stats. So I was like, I'll just take my seat. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. It's all, it's, some of the schools have weird prereqs like that. Like some will have stats, some yeah. will have what? Englishes. I had like, it would seem like people had made it aware to me that I wasn't going to have to take any math in, in undergrad because when I was in high school, I took, I took pre-calculus as a dual enrollment. It was a college, acted as a college credit. And then I also took Calc 1, which was way more than I needed to do for my major. And I got, and they were like, well, actually, statistics is required for your major because a lot of people that do that mm -hmm. major end up going on to, you know, do research and write papers. And so I guess that makes sense that they would need statistics, but it's not something that I needed. And so I didn't think about it. And then I had to do it. Again. Yeah. But hey, got you to where you are today. Yeah. MPA school currently I mean, in didactic yeah. year. <laughs> the goal has been achieved. So I guess that's all that matters. I love it. So how did you make that transition from, okay, I was an undergrad, I took a gap year, I was working clinically full-time, and then all of a sudden now I start PA school. So what was like those first couple weeks? In PA school? Mm -hmm. So yeah, when we started classes, the first couple weeks was actually just, most of our lectures were in our, well, in our health and physical exam class was making sure you understand what HIPAA is, making sure you understand, you know, patients, you know, have different cultures and different different backgrounds. So it was m more or less like an orientation kind of thing, like sensitivity training, making sure you're aware that you're taking care of these people and they don't always view the same, like have the same views as you. And so that was a lot of what the first couple of weeks were. And then we kind of transitioned into like actual learning how to do a, a cardiac exam, how to do a GI exam and that kind of thing. And a lot of the first couple of weeks was just kind of getting your bearings because we didn't have any quizzes or exams until the third week. So the third week. Okay. What about like anatomy? I know you said that you had anatomy first semester. Like what yeah. was that class like? Yeah. So we had gross anatomy and we had neuroanatomy. There was two separate classes. Gross anatomy was, for lack of a better word, awful. Um, <laughs> we hear was, that a lot. It was terrible. Um, but, you know, and and... At the time when you're taking like a class like that, it's kind of hard to see how it's going to fit into your education because sure. you're, you're not learning anything medical about the, the body. You're just learning where things are and what they do. When you're learning about all the muscles in the neck, which is something that I like really struggled with because they all look the same. They all sound the same. They're mm -hmm. all like right there together. It's how is this going to help me later on? And then now that we're in actual learning, like when we were doing thyroid diseases and having to learn about where it is in the neck and that kind of thing. It made a lot of sense because I, I knew where the muscles were and it was easy to see with the landmarks. So it helped me long term 
However, in the short term, it was just really stressful, and it was probably the hardest hardest class we've taken so far. I made a C in that class, and yeah. that's my only C so far. So. Yeah, and we hear that a lot, that anatomy is so hard. It's just so much information in yeah. such a short time, and you're right. There's no clinically relevance yet if you take it first semester yeah. because you haven't learned the clinical aspect of it. So sometimes it's like, why do I have to memorize all these right. things? And I've always said, like, you'll forget more anatomy than you'll ever know, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> 10 years down the oh, line. Yeah. You take what's useful to you as mm -hmm. a PA, but it's kind of a rite of passage. Everybody has to pass an anatomy mm -hmm. class. You have to prove that you're able to learn at that. Yeah. Um, so what are some study techniques or tips that you give for students who are about to enter PA school? Well, so one thing that I've found since I started PA school is that everybody studies differently, and you kind of have to figure out what works for you. So what works for me usually depends on the class. If it's a class like our clinical assessment management classes where we learn about diseases and how to treat them, it's for me studying is getting our PowerPoints, finding the information that's relevant, and pulling it out of the PowerPoints and putting it on a separate either Word document or notebook so that it's easy, more easily accessible. So you just mm -hmm. make like a heading with whatever disease, and then you write down the symptoms, the how you diagnose it, if there's like a specific imaging study that you need to do, and then how you, how you treat it. So you have those three main things because you know you don't really have time to learn all the small nuances about the disease. You can learn that when you specialize, but it, that helps a lot for that kind of class. Now, if it's a class like this quarter, we took a class called Professional Issues, which was just about the PA profession, learning about issues in the PA profession. So that was a lot of memorizing people, memorizing dates, and like who, who does what and who started what foundation and that kind of thing. Flashcards help a lot with that. Pharmacology, it's pretty much the same with like the clinical classes where you write down the stuff on a notebook because you're learning about diseases but you're learning about the drugs instead of about how to treat the diseases so instead of writing down how to diagnose something or what the symptoms are you're writing down the mechanism of action for a specific drug mm -hmm. or class of drugs yeah. and usually what the side effects of it are a lot of drugs i've learned are cyp3a4 inhibitors like every drug <laughs> and so those are interactions with everything basically just picking out things that are similar and grouping them together to make your studying more efficient. And if you study well in a group, do that, because there are a lot of people in PA school that study well in groups. You don't go into medicine not being able to work well as a team. So I've, I have a couple groups that I study with, and we study really well together, and so that's helped a lot. That's excellent advice. Yes. So let's back up just a second. Do you have any specific advice for students that have been accepted to PA school but haven't started yet? So if you have a certain amount of time before you start, like I got in in March and our class didn't start until October, I was still working during that time, but if you have that amount of time or however much time you have, take it all. Do not study. Do not try and get ahead because you will not be ahead no matter how hard you try. Take that time to hang out with your family, to hang out with your friends that aren't going to be in PA school, hang out with your dog because you're not going to have time when you start school. <laughs> I've missed... I've missed countless birthdays and graduations and volleyball games for my sister because I've had an exam the next day and had to study. So take the time to relax. Go on a vacation or don't. Just sleep because you're not going <laughs> to sleep while you're in school. So just take time to yourself. That's the biggest thing. Love it. So, yes, totally relax, but also don't forget to study your anatomy and physiology before you start. <laughs> Right. You are almost halfway through PA school, so you will start clinical in a few months. Yep. So what so far has been the most challenging part of PA school for you? I guess just trying to memorize 
all the information or learn all the information for for lack of a better term because you feel like it's all necessary and it is necessary to know specifically at that time because you have exams on it we have generally we'll have three exams a week and so it's really hard to figure out how to manage your time mm. to be able to efficiently and effectively study for three exams a week so that that's probably been the hardest part figuring out time management i'm a pretty social person i don't really hang out by myself a whole lot finding time to also spend time with my friends and do things not related to school but also making sure that my grades are, are good and that kind of thing. what is your favorite part about PA school the people uh, the students that I've met, the that's some awesome. there's friendships that I've made that I've made that I'll have forever. So I think that's the best thing that's happened so far because we're still kind of a little removed from the actual profession. Like we, you know, we do our practice ostlers and stuff like that where we get to pretend to be PAs, but we're still pretty far removed from actually treating patients. So right now, just the support system that everybody wants everybody to succeed and that's really that's really nice because awesome. from what i've heard i've never been to med school but from what i've heard is that in med school it's very competitive even after you get in no but you know people are still kind of trying to be number one and in pa school i haven't really felt that way i felt like everybody just wants everybody to do well as long as you know you you're not the person that's trying to be number one and kind of pushing everybody away i think the people are the best part about yeah, and that's really interesting, and it could be perhaps like in med school, you're competing for residencies and fellowships mm. and type stuff, yeah. but in PA school, it's a little bit different. You know, we're not competing right. with each other for post-grad stuff, mm -hmm. and so I wonder if that has something to do with it, and that's one thing we love about the PA profession, and we love about teaching PAs, is they really do. They Most of them have such great hearts, and it's really, the cohort comes together and really becomes yeah. a class, and every class is kind of a little bit different, and they yeah. have their different personalities, and it just kind of permeates throughout the entire, uh, entire class. Yeah, we have... Occasionally we'll have uh, like a cookout or something and then most of the class will come to the cookout and we'll meet up at the Beard and Beer Market. It's like a brewery in West Knoxville and we had like I think 40 or 50 people there last week after our quarter ended. We kind of all went out and celebrate yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love so it I love really the fact cool. that you hang around like without you know not PA stuff like just to celebrate. Oh, yeah. We always make a hard rule no school talk while we're you know hanging out. <laughs> yes love it love it. So once you started PA school, what was the most surprising or unexpected thing that you didn't anticipate? I was super concerned about the financial aspect of PA school. I was very worried about how I was going to pay for rent and that kind of thing. I Because I didn't have to take loans out for undergrad. I was on a scholarship for um, PA school. There's no way you can do it with, you know, unless you have somebody that can foot the bill for you. So loans was a new thing to me, and I was very concerned about that. And I was really surprised at how easy it was to get through the whole process of getting your loans. And, you know, they just you know, they give you the money when you need it, and that kind of thing is super easy. I was also really surprised at how much everything is color coded in slides. <laughs> I didn't. I'm severely colorblind, and I didn't think it was going to be that big of an issue coming into PA school. It's been a struggle. <laughs> it has been a struggle. Yeah. It's the little things, right? <laughs> it has been a struggle. I love it. So that's actually a great lead-in for our next question. So for our Instagram audience, they really want to know financial tips that you have for them yep. to make it through PAs. Yeah, so I had so I had that job as a sales rep beforehand. So I had a, a pretty decent savings account that was there. And I used that as kind of like an emergency kind of thing if my car breaks down and I need to like pay that or my dog gets sick and I have to take it to the vet, that kind of thing. 
if you have the means to like kind of set up a savings account for that kind of thing so you don't have to dip into your school funds that they give you on your loans, I would do that if you have time to save that up before school starts. However, you're going to have to take the loans. Like that's pretty much unless you have somebody that can pay for your school and pay for you to rent, electricity, Wi-Fi, gas, groceries, all that stuff, you're pretty much just going to have to take the loans. And it's something really hard to swallow, especially for me because I'm notoriously kind of the tight one. I don't spend money I don't have, that kind of thing. And so taking out a hundred and something thousand dollars in loans was a big thing I had to get used to. I would say once you get your loans, you know, I don't know how much it is in other parts of the country, but in Tennessee, the max I think is right at $8,000 a quarter for us. So they pay for your school and then your stipend is about $8,000 if you want. You can take out less, but if you're living by yourself like me, you know, it's kind of necessary for because it's three months you have to live on that money. And so when you get your money, kind of make yourself a budget, you know, how much does your electricity run you average a month? How much is your phone bill? How much are you spending in gas and groceries? And kind of get all of your things that you have to pay, things that you aren't allowed to not pay. Um, and set all of that money aside in either a separate account or have good self-control and not spend it on anything. And then give yourself some money to actually have fun with friends. Like don't don't not go out with your friends because you're worried about your life. Don't overspend, but like just make sure that you have a budget in place that you can follow. Like don't make it so strict that you're not going to follow it because the best budget that you're going to have is going to be the one that you're going to follow. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Um, and so you found out that the you filled out the FAFSA, I assume, student, government student. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So you filled out the FAFSA first time. You found it very um, easy to use. Yeah, you found the process easy. very um, kind of streamlined. Yeah, the graduate FAFSA applying for the grad plus loans is way easier than the undergrad stuff. The undergrad stuff is like, what's your mom's cousin's twenty? <laughs> you know, twenty sixteen yep. <laughs> tax return. Because most graduate students are independents anyway. And so when you go to fill out the FAFSA for the grad plus loans, you don't have to put anything about your parents or, you know, it's just about you. And if you didn't, if you haven't been working, it makes it even easier. I had to put in some tax documents because I've been working, but it took me, I think, 10 minutes and that was done. And then I had to redo it a couple of weeks ago just because you have to redo it every year. And I think it took me, I didn't even have to redo anything. I just opened it up and they were like, is everything still the same? And I clicked yes and signed my name and then it was done. So it took me like less than five minutes. It was yeah. super easy. And then the school takes care of everything else. They're like, how much money do you need? You know, we have a financial aid counselor. So he called me and he was like, hey, how much money do you need? And I was like, I'm not really sure. And he was like, well, what are your bills? And he sat down and he, I told him like, you know, I pay this much for rent. I pay this much on my car payment, you know, this, that, and the other. And he was like, sounds like you need this much money. And I was like, okay. And he sent it to me. So were you on an academic scholarship in undergrad or <clears throat> sports? Uh, I had several academic scholarships and then I got the Hope Scholarship. I get, which I guess is an academic scholarship, but that's like, I know it's like specific to Tennessee. I don't know other other states have like a Hope Scholarship type thing. Where but are you were originally all, from? Tennessee. Okay, from Knoxville or uh, Crossville. It's like an hour away. And so. what kind of dog do you have? She's a golden doodle. <gasps> oh my gosh, I can't believe she didn't come. I know. <laughs> she's like a, she's like a year, like a year and a half old. So oh. she's still like she's big enough to be an adult dog, but she doesn't know that she's an adult dog. So she's like sixty five pounds of just pure energy. Oh, I was so wish she had come. She'd be in my lap right now. She yes. would. 
No, she would. She loves. She's a big snuggler, which is good because I'm a big snuggler. So me and her, me and her, Aww. especially because she, she sleeps with me. I don't make her sleep in the kennel. Yeah, sucker written on your forehead. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, she's a daddy. I love too. it. I love it. So sweet. Um. Okay. So we talked a lot about school and a lot about all that type of stuff. But who are who is Dakota when the white coat comes off? So what else is interesting about you? Yeah. So when I'm not at school. I'm usually at the gym. I have a lot. I, so I do CrossFit. I have a lot of friends at the gym that I hang out with. And, you know, after class, I'll go to the gym and then I'll work out for an hour, but I'll hang out for two, two and a half more. So I'm not <laughs> usually I'm at the gym for three hours, but only a third of that is working out. Um, and then I don't watch a lot of TV or anything like that, but I do enjoy a good video game. So I play video games when I have time, which is not often, but. When I have time, I do that, and then I like to go to the dog park with my dog, and that's like, those are my main hobbies. I guess, yeah, I don't really have much much hobbies. I don't really have time for a lot of hobbies, but. Yeah, it's hard to do the balance in PA school. Yeah. I love hanging out with people, so like anything that lets me like hang out with people, I'm, I'm down. I like to hike, that kind of thing, outdoor activities. Yeah, good area for that, mm-hmm. for sure. Do you know which specialty you want to go into yet? You know, when I started PA school, I was very hard set on I want to be either an ERPA or a surgical PA, and now I'm like I have no idea. <laughs> I start. We started doing our CAM series, and when we talk about each disease or like body system, so like when we did like GI, we had to talk about like stomach cancer and throat cancer, and so like we do oncology for every single body system separately. There's not like one oncology like section and I found myself way more interested in oncology than I thought I would be Um, which is funny because my big is interested he's like really excited about hemonc so but in our program we get bigs like kind of like a sorority or fraternity would Um, so you take a questionnaire and they just pair you up with a student that you would like fit well with and so my big's name is Ryan and he is finishing up his clinicals this year and he's pretty excited about hopefully specializing in oncology and when he told me that, I was like, oh, that doesn't, doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> and then we started doing, like, the oncology part of, like, all of our CAM series. And it's interested me more than I thought. And I thought I would be interested in cardiology. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Cross that one Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, yeah, there are more specialties that I kind of have a hard no towards more than a hard yes towards. So. Yeah. I want to be open going into clinicals so that if, if I get into a specialty that I really like, that I can, you know, be open enough to not expect loving it. I think going into clinicals, my best advice that I've received from the class above us is to treat every rotation like you're going to get a job there, like they're going to offer you a job. And so I'm really trying to not hard block any specialties out of my brain. I've done a couple already, but I'm really trying not to. So I'm interested in ER to sum it up. I'm interested heavily in ER, orthopedic trauma, and surgical oncology. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you definitely want to keep your options open, but it's also good to kind of have an idea about where you might like. Yeah. A lot of people do a 180 in clinical year. I did a 180 Mm -hmm. in clinical year, but it's kind of good to have an idea. What is your uh, elective going to be in? I have no idea. I've I've been, you know, because they started talking to us about clinical year, thinking about our electives and setting up our electives, and I'm like thinking about it these past couple weeks, and I have no idea. I, d- I mean, I, n- I don't even know what all specialties are available for us to choose for. Our if I can choose oncology, I might do that because I know we don't have a oncology rotation. 
And since I am a little bit interested in it, I might see if I can do a rotation in oncology. But other than that, I really haven't given it too much thought because we just now started getting to a position where it's something we need to be kind of figuring out. Yeah, becoming real. <clears throat> yeah, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any last advice you would like to tell the listeners? And these are pre-PAs and PA students, current didactic and clinical year mm -hmm. students. As far as pre-PA students goes, focus on your academics and your patient care experience. I know a lot of places will tell you different things about, you know, you need this many volunteer hours and you need this many patient care hours and you need this GPA and you need this score in the GRE. Just do your best because in the end, you know, stressing about it's not going to make any difference. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I had to be on a beta blocker when I was an undergrad because I was so stressed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so it just, just chill a little bit and kind of just do your best. And if, if your best is always going to be good enough, you know? So like focus on patient care experience, getting hands-on experience. It doesn't matter the specialty. It doesn't matter. Hands-on patient care experience and doing well in your, your prerequisite classes. If you make a lower grade in your English class than you do in your science class, it's okay because they care more about your biochem class than they do your writing class. So yeah, focus on patient care and that. And then people that are not in school yet, that are accepted, but just reiterate, take time to yourself. Like before school starts, take time off. And then current didactic year students, hit me up because I need some advice too. <laughs> I love it. I have no idea. We never have all the answers and that is so true. Yeah. So true. So what do you think your future holds? Where do you see yourself five years from now? You know, whether it's specialty or just parts of the country or just yeah. what are your kind of goals with with this career the only goal I have right now for myself is to get out of Tennessee I've never lived anywhere else I grew I was born here I went to school here I'm still going to school here and I want to go somewhere else so I think my only goal with my profession is that I end up living somewhere else for at least an extended period of time a couple years or my hobbies and my like personality have, are kind of drawing me to Colorado or somewhere that has you that. Know, Utah, the mm -hmm. mountains, something like that, because I'm not a big fan of the beach. But I think that's my main goal. I want to travel as like a PA and work um, and try and do like a yeah. traveling kind of thing. Cause, like yeah, because yeah. I don't have really anything tying me down. I don't own a house or anything I rent, yeah. and I don't have like a wife or kids or anything. So, you know, while I'm young, I figure if I'm going to do it, it's the best time. Yes. And so yeah. I kind of want to do that. I want to like get an old school bus and like turn it into an RV kind of thing and live in the school bus. <laughs> I can bus see that. I can see that. Bus, we so. have a former student who did that. Yes. She uh, bought an RV and she just awesome. right traveled mm -hmm. yeah, right after she graduated. See, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. And she, uh, I think, I don't think it was a locum tenum job. I think she got a real job, but she still lived in the RV mm -hmm. and then on the weekends her and her uh, significant other would travel. And that's cool. I think she sold it now for a house, but she did that for like two years. Up, and I thought it was one of the that's coolest cool. things. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah, I good for that. you. That's one of the things that being a PA affords you is this chance to live the life mm -hmm. on your terms because mm -hmm. you can find a job. And if you want to travel with your job or if you mm -hmm. want, you know, to take a surgical job in the mountains and have fun on the weekends, yeah. like you can do it. So that's fantastic. Yes. I love that. That was my, yeah, that's my only goal is to, is to, and I guess not necessarily to travel, but to live somewhere else. Yeah. Because Tennessee is beautiful, and I love Tennessee. I always say that Tennessee is, like, the perfect state because we don't get a lot of, like, terrible storms or anything like mm -hmm. that. Like, we don't get blizzards. We don't get hurricanes. You know, we have the occasional tornado once every three years. 
but other than that, it's, you know, you have your seasons, you know, it's cold in the winter, it's warm in the summer, it's mild in the spring and the fall. It's the perfect, and it's beautiful, and there's there's tons to do here in terms of, like, outdoor activities. Yes. But I've been doing it for 24 years yes. now. I want to go do something else. <laughs> yes. No, we totally understand, and that's the beauty of the PA profession, is that you're going to get a job, you'll be able to get a state license in any state you want, so it does not matter what state you graduate from, you can get a state license in all 50 states, um, you can travel, you can do what you want, so... We are very blessed because that has been part of our PA journey as well. And we wish you luck with that. We're Thank super you. excited yes. to hear where you end up. Yeah, I'm excited to figure it out. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Thank for you for having us. me. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way they can find you? My Instagram is dsroysden. So it's R-O-Y-S-D as in dog, O-N. So you can message me on there if you have questions. Um, feel free to reach out. I'd love to help out anybody that I can. Thank you so much, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you the next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. For those students who are interested in the PA journey, we encourage you to check us out at, at pre-PA clinic at Instagram and pre-PA clinic.com on our website. Um, one thing that we offer that is super popular to students is a CASP app review. This is where we go through your entire application, we tweak some things, we edit your personal statement, we give you advice and tips and feedback on how to make your application that much stronger. It's really, really important because in order to get a seat in a PA program, you need to get an interview. And your CASPA app is your resume for your interview. So if you're interested in getting into PA school, visit us at prepaclinic.com or at prepaclinic on Instagram and find out how you can sign up for the service. There'll also be a link in the show notes if you're interested in purchasing.